Politics. 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 It's time now for City Life. Before we get started, you should know that these entries were composed in 2011 when I was working as a parking valet. Also, I quit smoking the following year. June 24. From my experience as a walker in the city, I can say with certainty that every day, hundreds of Chicagoans compete for the coveted Darwin Award by crossing a street while texting. I'm not sure how many winners there are, but I'm sure that they would all say it's an honor just to be nominated. June 11. Chicago drivers often mistake their car horns for laser guns. They think if they blast them hard enough and long enough, obstacles will vaporize. April 18. Five times a week, on my way to work, I stop at a Pakistani-owned convenience store situated under the CTA red line tracks at Argyle Street. I know that it's Pakistani-owned because, during the recent protests in Cairo, I asked the owner, Are you excited about what's happening in Egypt? We're Pakistani, came the gruff reply. I'm typically on a mission for one or two things when I enter that store. A Diet Coke every time, and a pack of American spirits, yellow. Every other time, I smoke half a pack a day. Invariably, there are pockets of poor people in the store, discussing lottery tickets, buying lottery tickets, scratching lottery tickets. There's always a line at the one cash register devoted to selling these paper promises, and typically no one at the other two registers. By the way, I am aware that the alliteration police might have me arrested for that last paragraph. Pockets of poor people purchasing paper promises. But these days I write mostly during slower valet shifts, so I do what I can to amuse myself. The guy selling the lottery tickets reminds me of the soup Nazi from Seinfeld. He rolls his eyes and sighs a lot. However, when I arrive at the counter to make my purchases, his demeanor changes on a dime. He hails me with a smile. How are you today, sir? All of the lottery people then look at me as if to say, hmm, special treatment for the white guy. April 24. Clearly, I had walked up on something private, and yet it was happening at a park at State and Jackson. They were circling each other. Their heads were bobbing. Their neck feathers were ruffling. Occasionally, their beaks would lock and their tongues would collide. Finally, she laid her face on the ground and spread her tail feathers. I thought of the theme to the love boat. Climb aboard, we're expecting you. He wasted no time in doing just that. One thrust. He flapped his wings and beat his chest. She shook once, then flew off to a nearby windowsill for more privacy. He followed. They sat next to each other in the window for a spell. The calm after the storm. Afterglow. Or maybe they were measuring up that ledge for a nest. January 23. When you get on a train and you see a bunch of open seats at one end of the car, and it looks too good to be true, it probably is. Nine times out of ten, you get there only to be hit with an odor. And then you have to walk back from whence you came, with everyone looking at you like, dumbass, why do you think we're not sitting there? May 8th. Hey, Cubs fans, this is my red line train. I ride it every day all year long, not just during baseball season. 
Lines, April 12. I take the CTA Red Line south to work several times a week. When the train pulls up to my stop, the announcer says, This is Roosevelt, which in Chicago terminology means last stop for white people, all white people off the train. March 6. I work four nights a week in Chicago's South Loop at Wabash and 13th. At least once a week during one of my shifts, an old man on a rickety bicycle whizzes past, screaming, Watch out! Coming through! Everybody out of my way! Often there's nobody else around but me. Sometimes he coasts by at a fast clip with his feet off the pedals, legs straight and toes pointing up. I assume he's being chased by demand, but who isn't these days? Or maybe he needs to get home before the crazy people come out. March 5. I got off from work in Chicago's South Loop after midnight recently. As I walked north through the intersection of Wabash and 13th on my way to the red line at Roosevelt, I heard a clattering. I turned to see one of the corner iron wicker trash receptacles on the other side of Wabash rolling into the middle of the street. A pile of rubbish lay where the receptacle had been. Behind the rubbish pile was a squatty, disheveled, middle-aged guy huffing and flexing like he had just finished an Olympic clean and jerk. My first thought was that he was having a bad day and had kicked the can, so to speak, so hard that it had toppled over. At any rate, he stomped south like an angry child with his teeth clenched and his fingers balled into tight fists. Being the good citizen that I am, I crossed the street, picked up the can, and carried it back to its place so no cars would hit it. I even picked up the decaying rubbish and put it back in the can with my bare hands. There was another clattering. I looked up in time to see that same guy hurling another trash can from the south side of the intersection into the street like King Kong flinging a bus. Our eyes met. His said, you want to pick this one up too? It is in my nature to accept absurd macho challenges. I imagined following him for the next 45 minutes, carefully cleaning up his desecrations, the two of us aware of our roles in a duel of sorts, but never actually saying a word to each other. Too tired, though, I continued on to the train, leaving him to his solitary endeavor. And that's all the time we have this week for City Life. 